Welcome to the No Fluff Network Marketing Leadership Training Podcast for serious-minded, deep-thinking, career-oriented network marketing pros who are sick of the fluff and appreciate the truth. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Now here's your host who has produced over 200 hours of real-world training for the industry, 30-plus years network marketing pro, Dale Calvert. Hey, this is Dale Calvert. I'd like to welcome you to this session of the No Fluff MLM training podcast. Guys, I appreciate you being here. Just as a reminder, this podcast is primarily designed for full-time network marketers, people that are earning a full-time income are well on their way to doing that. We're going to kind of get into some things this week that uh, I hope will really make an impact for you. And I have no doubt that there's many, many people within the profession that need to really think through some of these questions for themselves, uh, for themselves, so they can really wrap their mind around the money. Wrapping your mind around the MOM money is the topic, and I've just got a couple of notes and things I want to share with you. Uh, I, I just see so many people that are good people, work hard, uh, do everything they can to support and help their teams. Uh, for the most part, and who are just kind of run into this pattern of, of really not developing a strong foundational pol- uh, policy, strong foundational uh, programming philosophy around money. And it just, it scares me to death because I've seen so many people over the years you know they're they're living on five six thousand dollars a month. They start making seven thousand a month and start spending ten thousand. Or you know you can adjust the numbers to whatever you want them to be. But the bottom line is they end up you know really moving forward and then they end up in a toy stage. I call it a toy stage, and they can't get out of the toy stage because they're trying to keep up with everybody else's toys and then something happens, the company has problems, uh, all of a sudden now they can't, uh, they're responsible for the lease on their car, that their company bonus car, you know, the volume drops, they're responsible for the lease and and then they end up usually uh, jumping to another company and 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 the bad decision after bad decision after bad decision starts and it, it's just it's just aggravating and frustrating to me to see so many good people that that never really wrap their mind around the MLM money. So I'm just going to share a couple of things with you. First of all, five questions. You don't have to answer me but I really think they'll be very valuable if you'll be truthful to yourself and really think about these questions. The first question is, why did you get involved with the network marketing business model? Why did you get involved? And some people are saying, well, Dale, to make money, that's obvious, isn't it? But why did you get involved? The second question is, when have you made it in network marketing? For you, this is all personal, but when have you made it in network marketing? The next question is, how do you maximize 
your upside potential within your upside income potential with the network marketing business model? How, how does that happen? What, what needs to happen for you to maximize your upside potential? The next question is, why do most six-figure network marketing earners, once they achieve that level, why are the majority of them out of the profession within five years? And if you've been around, you know, very long at all, you've seen that over and over and over. The last question is, why do you feel that you are successful in the network marketing business model? Say, Dale, I am successful in this profession because why? And and just think about those questions. We'll come back to them at the very end. But I'm just going to share some thoughts with you, you know, just around money. Some of you, you know, it, you might violently oppose. I'm going to share my opinions. Uh, I respect anybody's opinion. I understand all of us come from different places, and I respect that. I think the the real answers come from we when we start asking ourselves, how did we end up at the place we are, wherever that is? And if that if the place we are regarding money, wherever that is, is not something that is really beneficial for us, then I think it's really smart for us to identify that and you know maybe make some adjustments in our actions and or our thoughts about what we're doing why we're doing it where we're going uh, i've tried to do that to myself the entire my entire career i've always tried to look in the mirror it's easy to blame this person that person this company that leader uh that sideline that downline uh you, you know that product whatever uh but the real answers are always in the mirror. And I, I absolutely understand and have said for years and years and years that, you know, money makes you more of what you already are. You know, I heard that originally from Zig Ziglar, and it's just so true. You know, if you tend to fib a little bit, you're going to be a real liar once you start making the money. Um, you know, if you're a little bit stingy, uh, you're going to you're just going to be so tight fisted once you start making money. Money makes you more of what you already are. And if you're if you have uh, the personality where you want to support and give, then you'll you'll you know, you'll give to big brothers and big sisters and you'll help churches build uh gymnasiums and so on and so forth and most of what you do nobody will ever know you did it because it's not for those reasons it's not for those reasons and so money in and of itself you know people seem to to really uh, focus on the money and it's like as soon as I get this and I'm going to be happy and then once they get that as soon as I get this and I'm going to be happy as soon as I go here then I'm going to be happy and as soon as I scratch this off my bucket list then it's going to give me you know feeling of success and happiness and it's just a vicious lie vicious lie uh, may, it is it is and we a lot of times we can see it in other people but it's hard sometimes to see it in ourselves and I see a lot of network marketers are just, again, they're trying to keep up with the Joneses and, and you know, they get in the toy stage and can't get out of it. And it's like, 
I, I don't understand. I've heard someone said that people spend a lot of money buying stuff they really don't need to try to impress people they don't really like. And to me, life's too short. I mean, honestly, you know, my, my granddaughter started playing sixth grade basketball, first two games of the year. Uh, she was a uh, leading scorer in both games. And, you know, you can give me, Dale, give me, here's a half a million dollars, or you get the opportunity to watch your granddaughter play basketball. You have one, one, one of those options. What are you going to take? I'm going to watch my granddaughter play basketball. And some of you think, well, Dale, that's crazy. That's stupid. I don't believe that. No, I, but it's really how I feel. And I'm not saying you should feel that way. What I am saying is understand that happiness has nothing to do, has very little to do with stuff. It's more with people. And again, I'm, I feel like I'm preaching to the choir, and I know I am for many of you. But I just want to give you a couple things to think about. Many of you have heard me say there's a reason millionaires create suicide. There's a reason millionaires commit suicide. I've said that for years. And at the time of this recording, you know, we, we've recently heard in the news, uh, you know, the tra we've had the tragic loss of... Uh, uh, Kate Spade and Anthony Bordeaux, you know, financially, uh, their lives were were set, and we uh, there's not been any real details released, other than two people that, you know, you would think financially, uh, where they were set, according to everything that's been published. It wasn't finances, so what was it? If And again, it's, it's sad, but the reality is millionaires commit suicide. And people think, oh, if I had more money, I, if I had more money, then I would be... No, money, money, I've had money and I've not had it, and it's better to have it. And I heard, heard somebody say, you know, money allows you to satisfy your needs and then start working on your wants. But money in and, of, in and of itself does not create success. I sincerely believe and have always believed since the day I heard it, and this came, I believe, originally out of Success Motivation Institute, originally where this philosophy came from, but that success is living your life working towards worthy dreams. After you reach those dreams, you are no longer a success unless you create new dreams. The most successful people that I know, they're successful when they're in a zone. They're focused. They're doing everything they can do every day to create a result, to work towards something of value, something of significance. When they're in that zone and working towards something of significance, that's when people feel the most successful. And it doesn't, the fact that they're working towards something makes them successful. Once you achieve a certain goal, uh, you know, you've got to reset new ones so you can stay in that productive zone. When we're productive and we're moving forward and we have a mission, then that those actions create the emotions of success, not the new car or the trip to wherever. And again, 
you know, what is your philosophy on money? And see, I think a lot of times people never really develop a philosophy on money. A lot of times because, like, I mean, I never had any money, you know, so why, why do I need to develop a philosophy on it? But it, it is because people get very, very col- conflicted and they think, well, I'm going to be more secure uh, when when I have money. You know, it's going to help me with my ego and my uh sense of self-worth once I have money and what I've witnessed over the years a lot of times people that have a you know a problem with ego or self-worth once they start making money the problem becomes more intensified sincerely more intensified so what is your general mindset regarding financial independence regarding wealth creation what is it? Because for some of you, it's probably real good, and for some of you, it's probably real bad. And there's people that 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 I talk to on both ends of the spectrum every day. I talk to to millionaires, people in this industry who create multi-million dollar incomes every week, and I talk to newbies that are just getting started, and you know they can't imagine you know, not having to punch a time clock every day and to be able to sell their own ship and live their own life on their own terms and everybody in between. So this is just a fascinating subject for me. And it's something, you know, we don't talk a lot about within the industry. I mean, there's a lot of information obviously been written about it, but not within the industry at the level that we probably should talk about it. Uh, You know, I, I wrote a book called change your financial mindset and create wealth and it's 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 valid it's based upon a lot of working with a lot of people over the years it's, you know it's a it's available on amazon change your financial mindset but it's good stuff because there's six financial mindsets and i'm not going to go through all that in this particular podcast but i'm i am trying to communicate you got to really think about how you're thinking about money i'll tell you a story that uh, really kind of helped me early on and it will help some of you maybe that are not at that six figures full-time income yet uh, uh, it was and I can't remember it was a, it was a set of tapes that the guy was training uh, car dealerships and I never have been in the car business but I'm a junkie when it comes to training and I don't even remember where I got it. I don't remember what the guy's name. And there's a couple of things that he said, but this was one of the most important stories I've heard. It, it helped me. And he was talking about a lady that, uh, awesome salesperson, and that every year she would start out doing really great. And you would think, okay, this is the year she's going to, you know, get through the six-figure barrier because she's her first quarter's been phenomenal, and and every year she sometimes she would start off great and she would get right up to six figures and it wouldn't happen, and in some years she would start out slow, but she would come on strong at the end and she'd get right up to six figures and it wouldn't happen, and this guy said, look. What is the block? What's your hurdle? What, why haven't you been able to break that barrier? We have people uh, that work in our environment here that you know aren't near the the person you are. Don't have the work ethic. The, they don't have the the drive, the determination, the communication skills, 
and you know they're making more money than you why can't you break the six-figure barrier and she went back and thought about it and really thought about it and spent some time and she came back and she said told the manager she said I figured it out and she said watch me next year and then she went and she sat down and talked to her dad and she said dad you know I'm doing really well here uh, you're, I know you, you every time I, you see me you tell me how proud you are of me she said but I've come to a realization she said you told me that you never made a hundred thousand dollars a year and she said, every year I get in the 90s, but I never get over that $100,000 mark. And she said, the, I figured out the reason is, it's because I don't want to ever make more money than you did. Because I, I just, I don't feel comfortable with that. And her dad looked at her and he was shocked. And he said, honey, he said, listen, she said, next year you break that mark and at the end of the year, we'll go out and have a steak dinner together and celebrate. He said, it's not about me, it's about you fulfilling your potential. And the next year she went out and made $310,000 and celebrated at the end of the year with her dad. I said, well, you know, I'll never forget that because I, I, I know that there's different people that have different mental blocks. I've seen so many people, good people over the years that have never done well financially, they start doing well financially, and then they self-sabotage. So, and some of you probably have seen people that just self-sabotage. They just blow it all up. So what is your philosophy on money? Everybody that listens to this podcast, your natural instinct is to be, some of you are survival-focused, probably not listening to this podcast, but a lot of people on your team, they're survival focused, man. They're, they're worrying about paying their, their electric bill next month. Electric bill next month. And some people are very value focused. They're just naturally value focused. That's in their DNA. They understand. They have an instinctive understanding that their long-term income is in direct proportion to the value they provide to the market that they serve. They understand that it's when it's all said and done, how many people did you impact? How many people did you did you connect with and provide words of encouragement or whatever they needed at the time? And they understand that. And they also understand that you have when you're value-focused, that means you have to love people enough to tell them what they need to hear, not necessarily what they want to hear. It's not about creating friends and smusion and sucking up and whatever that those terms are. It's about being who you are and, and providing as much value to people as you possibly can and understanding who you can help and who you can't. And then the other... Uh, focus that many people have it's just income focus they're money focused they're money focused and it's usually people that grew up without it but they have a total drive determination for money for money and it is money focused and they don't understand that money is created by the value you provide they conceptually understand it but they don't live it every day their their focus is on getting theirs i remember years ago we I'm working on a construction project and, and I was working with a contractor and we needed to do some marble. I'll do a, quite a bit of marble in this on this particular project. We needed to buy a lot of marble and 
he, he was saying, well, South Florida is the best place to buy marble and I've got a good contact down there and we can get a good deal and we'll go to South Florida and we can get very high quality marble and save a lot of money. So that's what we ended up doing. We took a, actually took a private plane to Miami and we rented a car that was before Uber and rented a car and went to this marble place. But when we were down there, we went through a couple of tow, bo tow booths. And, you know, we're just having major conversation. And, you know, we go through tow booth one. And then we go through tow booth two. And he looks at me and he says, Can you imagine how much money is collected in these tow booths every day? That was his statement. And for me, it was like, Ding, 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 ding. I would have never even thought that. Never even thought about that. And it was a clue to me that this guy's focus is on, he's very money focused. And again, that's not good or bad, but it was, now it ended up being bad because I'd hired him. <laughs> and I'm not going to tell that whole story, but I, I remember telling my wife, you know, when we got back that evening, I said, we're going we're gonna to have to keep an eye on this guy. You know, because to me, for me, and see, for some of you, you thought you, some of you have thought, well, gosh, Dale, I've thought that a lot of times. Okay, I, I've never thought that. I, I've never looked at anything through that pair of glasses. I just, it doesn't compute for me. And I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying it is what it is. And I'm thinking, it, as individuals, we all have to know how we wrap our own brains around money because it's important. It's, it's really, really important, and it's probably one of the most important things as you're building your business that you that you feel good about that because, you know, there's a lot of just greedy SOBs in the marketplace that don't, don't even know that they're greedy SOBs. Everybody around them does, but they don't even know because they never really, you know, they, they oh, I'm a good person. No, you're, you're, maybe you are. Maybe your intentions are good, but intentions don't mean diddly. Well, it's like it's like you know every time somebody's robbed somebody on the news and you know they ended up accidentally shooting somebody or what and they got their mama on the phone on the news on the news channel saying oh he's such a good-hearted person you know blah 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 intentions don't mean anything it's only actions you, you, you and again this guy uh, you know he tried to act like he was one thing but but he gave way too many clues to to prove that he was not that which he was trying to act like he was. When you have that type of greed, you know where you're when you're when you're just foaming at the mouth over how much money is being collected daily at a toll booth. That kind of greed can never be satisfied. It cannot be satisfied. And people, a lot of people live in a delusion as soon as this happens, as soon as that happens, as soon as the next thing happens. And look, I'm not, I'm not saying don't and drive new, nice cars, don't go on nice trips. You know, I'm not saying do whatever is right, you know, whatever you enjoy doing. You know, do whatever's right for you, right for you, and you enjoy doing. But I think you always need to stop and ask, what's my motivation behind this? What's my real motivation behind it? 
you know. And it got asked me the other day, said, Dale, you used to wear a Rolex all the time. Why don't you wear a Rolex anymore? Because you know what? I don't need a watch. I don't I don't need a watch. And again, everybody goes through a toy stage. When I I bought the Rolex when I went through my toy stage. But I didn't stay in a toy stage. And and again, I've talked about this in other podcasts, so I'm not going to go into much more detail. You know, everybody likes to say, well, no, you just must think the, the money is the root of all evil. Had somebody tell me that a couple of weeks ago, and I said, no, I don't believe that at all. I believe money makes you more of what you already are. That's what I believe. Money is not the root of all evil. That's not what it says. Money is... A great thing it can support a lot of uh, organizations and people that need support that need you know to be helped to get through a pro get through a, a certain time place in their life you know as I said I, I talk about big brothers and big sisters and there's a lot of great charities out there that really need support from people that are entrepreneurial and getting it done Money is not the root of all evil. It is the love of money. And the love of money is the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. Just think about it. The love of money is the root of all evil. Uh, you know, I think about my goal when I started in this industry. I thought if I could just get to $100,000 a year and never have a boss, I'd have a maid for the rest of my life. That would be so fabulous. And keep in mind, I was making about 40000 at the time. This was, you know, over 30 years ago. And if I could get to 100000 have no boss, that's when $100,000 was really a significant income. Uh, but... If I could get to 100000 and not have a boss, life couldn't get any better than that. And the other thing that will happen, uh, you know, once you blow past that, then you, once your reality so surpasses your expectations, then you get a lot of other challenges that people don't talk about because, unfortunately, most people are just trying to get to the six figures. They're chasing the, they're chasing the dream. They're chasing the money. And, and the people that do get there, you know, it, it's, just, it's just something, guys, that I really hope you'll spend some time and really think about. You know, I remember the day I decided to become a millionaire. I remember it like it was yesterday. And the reason that decision was made was because I heard Jim Rohn say something that I'd heard him say at least a hundred times prior on audio. And, but that day I heard it for whatever reason. And he said, everybody should strive to become a millionaire, not for the money, but for the type of person, the type of leader you must become to become a millionaire. I'll never forget it. Never forget it. it I, I, that day I got it. And that day the decision was, was made. Because Jim also talked about the secret is you have to learn to combine thankfulness with ambition. See, a lot of people get, feel guilty because they want more, because they want to be free. And that guilt, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. Don't get too big for your britches. Blah, 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 blah. We all grew up with those sayings programmed into our brain. 
And so some people have to have trouble getting past that. You know, it's like they're around a lot of friends and family members that are maybe struggling. And it's like the fact that they want to to earn the company's new company car program. And they think, well, if I get that car, then they're all going to really not like me. If I have a new car, they're all going to give me problems. Guys, you're going to have to deal with that. I had to deal with it. Uh, um, most of my family, when I got started in the indus- industry, my my nickname was Dodo Dale. Dodo Dale. What's Dodo Dale doing now? But, you know, it changed. <laughs> you know, it changed over time. But it, it never got to me at the time. I could care less what they thought. They weren't paying my electric bill. They weren't going to take my family on an all-expense-paid two-week vacation to Maui, Hawaii. You know, so it doesn't matter. You know, so it works both ways, guys. Some people, it's we we all you know live in a world where we're worrying way too much what somebody else thinks about us. Well, if I become successful, they're not going to like me. Uh, you know, I then I become successful and I go full time, and it's like, well, they they you know nobody treats me right. Well, I need to. I need to buy this type of jeans or buy this type of brand X or whatever. And it's just, it's fascinating to me at this point, but it's something we just don't talk about and we do we really really need to. MOM is full of people that have never learned how to think about money in a better way. And we can all always think about money in a better way. And once we think we've arrived, we probably haven't. So we have to keep refining what we're thinking and how we're thinking and what we're doing and why we're doing it, especially as, a, as a, regarding to money. I believe, and y'all have heard me share this many times, that you know once you get to a full-time income, pay off all the debt that you have except for your home, then go through a toy stage. Buy that car that you really have always wanted. You know... To buy the purse that your wife wants or your spouse wants, you know, uh, let your husband uh, go to a fantasy football camp or baseball camp or basketball camp or, you know, enjoy something, splurge big time. You know, I, I again, I took my family two weeks, Ritz-Carlton Hotel, Maui, Hawaii, you know. Flew first class, you know, go through a few toy stage or go through a toy stage, then stop. Say, well, this is what we're going to do with the toys then stop and say, OK, what are we going to do about our housing? Do we want to pay our house off? Do we want to start investing in uh, income generating real estate? Do we want to invest in what do we want to invest in? You know, and we because ultimately your money, you want your money to make you money. So, how you think about money really will put you in a good flow, a comfortable rhythm, or it won't. And again, if you're if you're a greedy sob, uh, it's not going to take too long for the team members and everybody around you to realize. You just agree to SOB. And, you know, it is what it is. 
and then people become more miserable the more money they have because they continue to try to do things and create more money and it's just not it's just it's just not the way it is it's a vicious cycle you know for people that are on this path you know some of you are way beyond the path you've already done it you know and are still doing it a lot of you but some of you are still you know you're 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 working towards you're about to break through that six figures and the question that you should always teach your teams to ask and you should always be asking yourself always is you never ask how much i'm earning you only ask yourself what am i becoming guys that is so powerful you never ask how much i'm making you only ask what am i becoming and if you can teach your team that but again you you need to be the example for your team Where can you go and create a $250,000 a month income without an education? Without an education. What profession can you get involved with and make a $250,000 income without an education? You can't do it in real estate because you're probably going to need your broker's license and unless you're an investor. Uh, but if you're going to be a real estate investor, it's going to take a lot of specialized education to know the different methods and deals deal creation that you can create you're not going to do it in the insurance business because you got to have a license you know obviously doctor lawyer dentist orthodontist all the the professions we would normally think about requires at least four or five years six eight years of education formal education but i would argue that there's a lot of people that have entered the network marketing profession and did it with the skill sets and the mindsets and the credibility and the work ethic that they entered the industry with. And anything that they did learn was through osmosis. It wasn't intentional. It wasn't by design. It wasn't systematic. They just hung around enough and heard enough where they can, they can quote what the mind can conceive and believe it can achieve. They can quote you know, you can have anything in life you want. If you open up other people, get what they want. You know, and I, I think I mentioned this on a previous podcast. I was listening to somebody that was interviewing a, the top money earner in a company. And they asked them, uh, you know, what's your favorite book right now? And her response was, well, I'm really not a reader. I haven't really read much since, since I was in college. And I thought I was just going to go in my pants right then. Because that is a indication of kind of what's happened in this industry people that just so gung-ho money focused you know people create and can create a lot of followers because people like the way they talk and walk and look and they create a lot of followers and then they join a network marketing company and all the followers follow them into the program and that's what we call leaders in network marketing today and it's just it's fascinating it's fascinating. So, uh, yes, people can get to six figures, $250,000 uh, in network marketing, but they will never duplicate that. It's a rare person. You know, I, I talk about three percenters. Well, it's really about one percent that can actually do that, just creating a huge following, you know, and, and 
because people know them, like them, and, tr and trust them, and people are stupid, uh, ignorant, as it as as it relates to team building and business and what they're really needing to do to create real long-term residual income with this model. This ain't a popularity contest. It's a business. So, in, on your organization, within your organization right now, you have four types of people. It's football season's getting ready to start. Uh, you have four types of people. You have people that are, and most organizations are full of this. They're the tailgaters. Man, they just love to come for the tailgating, for the food and the party. Tailgaters. Uh, many companies are just full, and they attract tailgaters, and they they appeal to tailgaters. And your, I told a company owner a couple years ago. I said, "Look, your culture attracts the people that you want, and your culture of your company." has to attract those that you that you want and repel those that you don't. They kept thinking, well, Dale, how come we just have a bunch of people that are just hanging out and just, you know, like 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 what you know, like hanging out, but they don't want to do anything because of the culture you've created. Well, what do we need to do? Change your culture. Well, how do we do that? Uh, have a heart to heart with with your quote unquote leaders. It's not, it's not difficult, guys. It's not difficult to do. But it's very, you know, most companies, not most, but many network marketing companies are letting the tail wag the dog. It's the field leaders are, are controlling the whole, every move that's made. And, and most of the time, the, the, the moves they want made, made benefit them, not the field. How did we end up like this as a as a profession? It just it's mind boggling. It's just mind boggling. Your long term income is in direct proportion to the number of leaders that you develop on your team. If you build people, people will build the business. That's reality. It's, and I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm saying you know, but then we just have a bunch of people. We just have a bunch of tailgaters. That's all we have. Well, of course that's all you have. That's who you appeal with your rah-rah and your bluff that you put out into the market consistently. Of course, that's who you have. It's just as important to not attract or get rid of the wrong people as it is to keep the right people. It is. So you got the tailgaters, then you have people that are in the stands. Man, they love watching. They will love watching the "Quote unquote leaders lead and play the game. They, they're 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 in the stands. Then you have some people that are in the dugout on your team, and they're got an up close personal view. And and a lot of these people in the dugout at one time in their career they were actually the starting shortstop. They actually were a 20 game winning pitcher. I mean they actually at one time a lot of people in the dugout at, actually at one time in their career." They were an all-star. They were on the field playing the game. And then you have people that, you know, they're, they're, they're actually on the field playing the game. And some of them, their skill sets aren't very good. 
they definitely need some help with their mindsets. But here's the thing, guys. They're on the field playing the game. And that's who you're going to build with. The people on the field playing the game that are doing the activities consistently. That's how you win. Those are the people that you're going to win with. Those are the people that you need to support the most. The biggest mistake leaders make in network marketing is spending way too much time with the wrong people. The people out in the out in the uh, out tailgating in the parking lot trying to get them to come in the in the stadium. We spend way too much time with the wrong people, not enough time with the right people, because they think, well, hell, they got a bat. They're getting ready to swing. They're in the game. Yeah, but but what are they doing? How can you help them refine their skills, refine their skills, develop the right mindsets, create the right routine in the morning, create, put themselves on a flow, in a flow, on a schedule, in a consistent routine, working and building their business. Nobody talks about this. But guys, that's the real thing. That's really what's going to take to, for you to maximize your income in this profession because and it and i'm not saying it's easy and i'm saying it's a lost art i'm saying it's a lost art all the industry's really done the last 15 20 years all we've done as a profession is recruit each other from deal to deal to deal and we all know what's going on we all know we all know but at some point, and thankfully there's a lot of people that are starting to hear this message and, and are taking, you know, we got to do this, Dale. We, I was talking to my buddy the other day, and he said, we're going to take back the industry from all the foo-foo dust and all the stuff that's been put out there and, and take back the industry to what created growth in the beginning. And that's telling people the truth. Look, it's a three- to five-year game plan if you have excellent mentorship and you're willing to really work it's three to five years but those three to five years the thrill is in the journey because once you get in the flow and you start creating the mindsets you absolutely separate yourself from all the foo-foo dust and fluff that's happening in the market today so i want to ask you the five questions and we're going to end it up again and just give you a couple of things to really think about why did you get involved with network marketing the network marketing business model most of you said Dale to make money. Well, I got involved, if you're truthful, I got involved to make money. Okay, here's a paradigm shift. Here's something to think about. And this came to me, you know, recently. And it's like I've shared it with a few people. It's like, wow, you're so, that's just, that's it. I did not get involved in network marketing to make money. Dale Calvert, I did not. So I came from a different mindset. I got involved in network marketing to build a business that made me money. Well, it's the same thing. Oh, no, it's not, my friend. I did not get involved in network marketing to make money. I got involved in network marketing to build a business that would make me money. Different mindset altogether. Because if, you, if you're out there to make money, then you can recruit people and get your sign-up bonuses and make money. But if you're in the business to, if you get involved to build a business, you can't build a bit network marketing team on your own. As I've said many times, if you just want to do direct sales, learn how to sell yachts, something with real high commissions. But the mindset you enter this profession with kind of dictates the path on which you go from that point forward. I, I was looking for a business when I found network marketing. 
I was looking for a business. I was not looking for a way to make money. And I tell you what, you can track it back and you can look at a lot of people in their path and those who were looking for a business. And I, I mean, literally, I was looking for a business. I was evaluating different other businesses, not network marketing, but other businesses. So that's something for you to think about. Really think about. I'm telling you, for some of you, this session is the one that is going to help you. And I hope you'll go back and listen and take a couple notes. And really, you know, self-awareness is becoming a really big buzzword. And it's like I'm starting to realize how unaware most people are. I always thought people had a certain level of self-awareness. But a lot of people really don't know why they do what they do, say what they say, or act like they act. When have you made it in network marketing? Question two, when have you made it in network marketing? Real important question. What's your answer? Because how you think about this determines everything that you do every day as you're quote-unquote building your business. When have you made it in network marketing? In my mind, you have made it when you're in a situation where you don't need the check from your company to live a comfortable lifestyle. When you have enough money coming in from investments to cover your lifestyle and make it a very comfortable lifestyle. That's the only time you've made it. And see, a lot of you, I know, you were already there in your traditional businesses before you entered the network marketing business model. And I respect that. I sincerely respect that. So, again, it's what mindsets, how would most of your people on your team respond to these questions? And see, I think it's really good if you're building a team that your team understands what success looks like ultimately. And again, for for everybody can be different, but if they don't define that for themselves, then when they reach it, they're going to be totally unfulfilled. How do you maximize your income in network marketing? And I was asking a guy this uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And he said, well, you know, he said, I've, I've been successful in every company I've ever been with. I said, awesome. He said, you know, in this program, I you know, made this much in 90 days, and that program, I made this in much my first 90 days, and that program, you know, I was the number one earner uh, the first month, blah, 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 blah. And he was just telling me, you know, I qualified for every quick start, fast start bonus they had. They had an incentive for for recruiting incentive, and, and he was telling me all about it. So that's awesome. That's awesome. I said, how long have you been involved in the industry? He said, almost 15 years. I said, that's great. I said, so you made a lot of money real quick with a lot of companies. Yeah. I said, well, that's an indication. A lot of people must really, you know, you, you have influence with a lot of people. And he said, yeah, I do. He said, I've been in traditional business in my town, you know, my whole life. And people listen to me. I said, great. And I said, uh, what's the longest you've ever been with a company? He said, well, he said, I almost made it with one for one for one year, but then some my buddy of mine in New Mexico called me and 
you know, they had a thing that paid $1,200 and blah, blah, blah. So I, I jumped over there. So I said, so you've been in the profession about 15 years and you've never been with any company over a year? No, I just kind of like to get them started and get people going and then I see what else I can do. So, so you've have you ever made a six-figure income in network? Well, no, but I've, I've had great, you know, 90-day run. So if you've never made six figures, I'm sure that you've probably never helped anybody else on your team develop six figures. No, but in the first company I was with, one of the guys I was, two of the guys I was with, uh, they stayed there and they're both doing over six figures now. Guys, this was an actual conversation. This guy sincerely believed because he could talk people into joining him in anything that he did for the past 15 years that he was a successful network marketer. Now, I would argue he's a very successful direct salesperson, but to think that you're a successful network marketer, and, and that's the norm, that's common thoughts process today in this profession. And we wonder why the rest of the world sits back, looks at us, and thinks we're all crazy. Go to the next hot deal, to the next hot deal, grab as much fast start money as you can, and then do it all over again. It's, it's just unbelievable. So how do you maximize your long-term income in this profession? You build people, people build the business. You know, the goal should always be how many six-figure earners can you develop on your team? And when your thought process is there, you're in a flow. And, you know, what this guy's going to figure out, if he hadn't already, is every time he jumps to a new program, the number of followers becomes less and less. But see, that's just kind of the culture we've created is everybody's just recruiting each other. So again, ask yourself, how do we maximize? How do you maximize your true long-term income in this profession? And the reason most, why the most, and four was why the most six-figure income earners quit the business? Because they do it with the skill sets and the mindsets they enter the profession with. They have an extra dose of something, and most people don't. And they never understand, you know, you're a three percenter. You're unusual. You're, most people can't do what you do. And it, how do you develop the 27 percenters is how you win this game. That's how you win it. That's how you win it big time. But most people never even have that thought. It's all, they're so self-consumed in what they do and how they do it, and they have such a false ego, false pride in, in what they do and how they do it, and they never want to try to stop and really think about, you know, maybe there is a better way. What would happen if I had devoted the last 15 years to my first company? Where would I be now? Because that guy, I believe, you know, based upon his communication, confidence, everything, he would be, a, he'd be an easily be a million dollar earner in this profession. But people do what's comfortable. People, this is important, guys. People will do what's comfortable. 
not what necessarily builds them a long-term business. Some people just love the initial ether emotion of starting something and boom, 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 boom. And then when the excitement wears off, they're on to something else. Professionals build the business and excitement doesn't really drive them. It's consistency. It's persistence. It's doing what you said you would do even after the feeling has left you. Uh, as Jim Rohn said, anybody can get excited about lifting 300 pounds until they get to the gym. And, and there's, I'm, I'm absolutely amazed at the number of people that just go get excited, get it launched, excitement dwindles, the work has to start, so they just go somewhere else, get excited, get it launched, and that's the pattern. You see it all over this profession. And it's just horrifying. It, it, it sincerely is horrifying. It's like, what in the world are these people thinking? Who are they fooling other than themselves? And, it, and what, don't they know better? Or they never ask themselves intelligent questions? I don't know. So why do you feel like you're successful? That would be the last question. And again, this guy felt like he was successful because of these 90-day runs he's had with multiple companies where he's collected all the fast start bonuses that were available by convincing people to join him. He was a great salesperson. But that's not success in network marketing. That's success in direct sales. And this is different. This is about building teams. It's sincerely about... Now, if you join, if you join network marketing to make money... And you might, you've made good upfront commissions and fast start bonuses, and that's your mindset. Then I get that. But again, I didn't join network marketing to make money. I I joined network marketing to build a business that made me money. Completely different mindset. And some of you listening to this right now, you know people that need to hear this, that need to have this shift, not just for themselves, but for this industry, for this profession. You know those people. You know those people. Some of you are thinking about somebody right now. Have the guts to send them this session. Last thing I want to cover and we'll be done. Would you agree that we don't know what we don't know. As humans, we don't know what we don't know. And I, I don't think anybody can argue with that. That, you know, we don't know what we don't know. I think wisdom comes from knowing, from trying to, from admitting that you don't know what you don't know. That's where real wisdom comes from. I mean, I don't know a lot about much. Uh, there's a lot of topics. I just, you know, I don't, don't ask me how to play hockey. Don't ask me the rules of hockey. I think it's cool to watch for a few minutes. I wish I knew the rules, but if I wanted to know the rules bad enough, I would have already, I would have already mastered the rules and I don't have time for another sport in my life or whatever. You know, my wife can tell you about every kind of plant, you know, the season they come in, are, are they, she can tell you about every plant. She, everywhere we go, she notices every tree, every plant. She's a plant nerd. I mean, she just is. You know, 
I don't know a dogwood from a cedar tree hardly. Uh, I do, but I, you know, but you know what I'm saying. A lot of stuff I just don't know about. I don't, I don't want to fill my head. I never have, and I've had this conversation way back in the '80s with team members. Why are you filling your head with so much useless knowledge, useless information, useless facts? Why do you have to? Why do you feel the need to do that? Constantly filling your mind. You know, I want to look it up in the encyclopedia and look at what's going on today with social media. It's really good. The internet, we can get the questions answered to anything we want. It's cool. But some people just every day are filling their minds with that, which will not take them anywhere. You know, how many cat videos do you really need to see? And again, I've said it. I'm going to say it. You're going to hear me say it a lot over the next few months that I believe the most important entrepreneurial trait from this point on in the history of this country moving forward is the ability to focus on that which will move our lives and our business forward. That's the most important trait moving forward. And some of you listening, and many of you have people on your team or in your upline that the most important thing they can do right now is just to admit, you know, I don't know what I don't know. MOM ego is a really strange thing. It's just, it's fascinating to me. It's just fascinating to me. It's like you have so much talent, skills, and abilities. You're missing a few mindsets. Why are you missing those mindsets? Why is it that you've never developed a six-figure income and you've been around this profession for 20 years and you've never developed a six-figure income, much less help somebody else do it? What is the, the problem here? What's the challenge? How can you get past that? You know, to keep shooting yourself in the foot over and over and over is not a good business model. But you know what? They don't, if you don't feel like you're shooting yourself in the foot, then you know what? You're not shooting yourself in the foot. I get it. I get it. But Dale, I'm better than everybody else I know. That's right. You are. You are. You are. And the way, the way we measure success in this profession today, you are. You are, but I'm challenging just because a thousand people say a stupid thing or think a stupid way does not mean it's true. That's what I would say. I would say that success in network marketing can only be measured on one thing. One thing, the success of your team. The success of your team. That's the only factor that really matters because we're in a team building business your long-term income and again long-term income is not even congruent with network marketing today long-term income what the heck are you talking about Dale? long-term income man I'm, I'm going to join here and get mine and then I'm going to go to the next one and get mine and then I'm going to go to the next one and get mine it's ridiculous it's just ridiculous it's, so, it's such short-term thinking. And, and again, people get down the road and they're going to, you know, I, I have this every single week. I have this conversation. Dale, I heard you three years ago. Dale, I heard you five. I heard you 10 years ago. I heard you 20 years ago, Dale. I got that first bubble and I would give anything if I had listened. And I say, don't worry about it. You know, you were in a society and a culture that just promoted quick money grabs 
Make it quick. That's where you were at. But that's not what this profession is about. When you do it right, when you do it, you do it right, and you focus on the right things, and you, you, you have a little bit of patience, understanding there's going to be skill sets and mindsets that you do not feel comfortable with, but, but once they're developed and they're, they come within your comfort zone, you're on a path to create true, true life-altering income and legacy income for your family. Once you really get that, you really understand that, it's worth the effort. But see, people are so insecure Leaders are so insecure that they have to do what's comfortable and what has worked for them. Doing what's comfortable and has worked for you only means that you're in the 3%. And the only people you're ever going to have on your team are those that, like you, that will do what's comfortable and what works for them. And the masses will be confused. And when you can realize it's not about you, it's not about me, it's not about the 70% of people that are going to die broke no matter what any of us do. It's about those 27 percenters. Once you really wrap your brain around that, your mind, and you get convicted, and you quit trying to track the people that want to just stay in the, out in the, parking lot at the tailgate party all the time and you look for people to say you know I want to get out of this dugout and get on that field and I want to win I want to win and I might even become an all-star and once you start looking and working and focusing on the development of those people understanding they do not have what you have this whole profession is going to have an unbelievable revolution Unbelievable. We should, we, right now, we should be at the top of the entrepreneurial revolution that's happening around the world. It's not, I understand why it's not. Do you understand why it's not? There's people listening to me right now. You're making six figures a year. You know, I talked to a lady uh, day before yesterday. Made 182000 last year. Awesome year. One of the top five money earners in her company. And I said, I'm going to tell you something that you aren't going to want to hear. But I know you. I know your story. I know how long you've been around. That 182000 should be $1.8 Because you should have people on your team at this point making that kind of income. And she said, Dale, I know you're right. That's why we're talking. I know you're right. That's why we're talking. I, and see... I hope this has helped you guys. I could, I, could, I could really go on and on. I'm not going to. Get your head, get your mind right, right regarding money. Money's not the root of all evil. It's the love of money. Money makes you more of what you already are. Get yourself right about money. Understand, this is when you've made it in network marketing, when you don't need your commission check to live a comfortable lifestyle. You can get there. Every person listening to me can get there. Just be smart about it. 
you know, go through your toy stage, but don't stay there. This is Dale Calvert. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening. Your feedback, comment, all comments are always appreciated. Have a great week. I'll talk to you next week on another session of the No Fluff Network Marketing Leadership Development Podcast. In the meantime, go back through those five questions and wrap your mind around MOM money. So when you get where you're going, you're going to be ready for it. Talk to you soon. Thank you for tuning in to the No Fluff MLM Leadership Training Podcast. To download the show notes for this episode, you can find them under the podcast section at www.mlmhelp.com. Thanks for listening, and remember, the teaching is in the words, but the learning is in the silence.